I'm going to try to recover the best I can. So I might as well start with a story. And then I have some kids that are going to come up and uh, help me in a few minutes. So I'm excited about that. So uh, Christmas little story that I, that I got from a friend. It says, little Leroy came into the kitchen where his mother was making dinner. He thought Christmas was coming up and this would be a good time to tell his mother what he wanted for Christmas. He said, mom, I want a bike for Christmas. Leroy, you know, was a little bit of a troublemaker and he had gotten into trouble at school and at home. Leroy's mother asked him if he thought he deserved a bike for Christmas. Of course, he said. Then Leroy's mother, being a Christian woman, wanted him to reflect on his behavior over the past year. So she said, go to your room, think about how you have behaved this year, and then write a letter to God and tell him why you deserve a bike for Christmas. So little Leroy stomped up the steps to his room and sat down to write God a letter. Letter number one, dear God, I have been a very good boy this year and I would like a bike for Christmas. I want a red one. Thanks, your friend, Leroy. Well, Leroy knew. Costume, technical difficulties. Yep, might need Aaron up here to fix this. Ah, Letter number one, dear God, I've been a very good boy this year and I would like a bike for Christmas. I want a red one, thanks. Your friend, Leroy. Well, Leroy knew that that was not true and he had not been a good boy this year, so he tore up the letter and he started over. Letter number two, dear God, I have been an okay boy this year and I would still like a bike for Christmas. Your friend, Leroy. Well, he knew that wasn't true either, so he ripped it up and he wrote another letter. Letter number three, dear God, I know I haven't been a good boy this year. I am very sorry. I will be a good boy if you just send me a bike for Christmas. Please, thank you, Leroy. Well, Leroy knew this wasn't true either. By this time though, he was very upset and he went downstairs to tell his mother that he needed to go to church. Ah, she thought her plan had worked. Just be home for dinner, she said. So Leroy left the house, walked down the street to the church on the corner. He went up to the altar, he looked around to make sure nobody was looking, and then he reached down and he picked up the statue of Mary, slipped it under his shirt, and he ran out of the church and headed back home. He ran up to his room, shut the door, and began to write his final letter to God. Letter number four. Dear God, I have your mama. If you want to see her again, send the bike. Signed, you know who. So that's just a fun little story. But there is a real story about Christmas. And I have some kids that are going to come and and help me. We're going to start by putting the nativity together up here. So I have Josiah who's going to bring up our animals for us. Come on up, bring them up. All right, let's put them on the table right up here. All right. We have a couple sheep. And a donkey. And a donkey. Yeah, which one's your favorite? 
The donkey. The donkey? Why is that? Um, he looks so relaxed. <laughs> he looks so relaxed. Awesome. All right. Good job, Josiah. All right. And then I have a helper who's going to bring up Mary and Joseph. Levi, can you bring those up here for me? Good job. Should we put them on the table? All right. All right. Which one is Joseph? Which one is Joseph? Donkey. The donkey? Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. Um, wow. Do you think they sang any songs for Jesus? A sheep. A sheep, yeah. Do you have any songs you want to sing? What's your favorite Christmas song? It's a lamb. Is that a lamb? Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Levi. You can go have a seat right down there by your mom and Caden. All right. Well, I guess Jesus has changed a little bit. Uh, yeah. All right. And then uh, we have Ben and Sarah who are going to bring up our shepherds. Come on up, Ben and Sarah. Awesome. Yeah, they're bringing up our shepherds. Awesome. All right, let's put them right here. Good job. Wow, do you guys think the shepherds were cool? Yes. Do you like the clothes that they wore? Mm-hmm. Would you like to dress like that today? No. Oh, okay. All right, good job. Thanks, you guys. All right, and then we have our wise men. All right, so we have the Browns kids coming on up. Bring up those wise men. We will add them in. Good job, you guys. Come on up. You can come up, Ethan. Let's put those right over here. All right. Good job. You guys, do you think the wise guys were smart? You do? All right. What gifts do you guys think that they brought for Jesus? Do you know Abigail? Baby gifts. Baby gifts? All right, good. That, those would be good. Do you know what gifts he brought? Ethan, do you know? No. <laughs> All right, good job. Thanks, you guys. Awesome. And then before I do our Christmas devotional this year, I have a couple gifts that... Uh, uh, we're going to give out today, because as kids, Pastor, you know, we're used to giving out quiet seat prizes uh, for, you know, people sitting quietly, kids sitting quietly. So uh, Vandergrift kids have some gifts that they are, are going to bring up here, and uh, we're going to give those out as, as we go through our lesson today. Look at these three handsome helpers. I think they deserve another round of applause. All right. Good job. Okay, thanks, thanks. All right, let's, oh, good job. Sure. You guys can fit them. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, great, great, great. There's some nice gifts in there, too. Uh, the first one we're going to give out actually goes to a parent. A parent that probably is going to like to shop. Yeah. Um, but, oh, wait, you know what? We just did something wrong. Um, yeah, uh, you know what, we just actually covered up the nativity. Whoops, and I broke a mic. 
we, we got to move these because that's, that's not good to cover up Jesus. And so that's actually what I kind of want to talk about today is, uh, oh, I'll need it back, yeah. We'll need it, yep. Thanks, Aaron. If you pop that up here, that'd be great. Um, we don't want to cover up Christmas with all the funds. There's, there's, yeah. You see, it is so easy to cover up Christmas. There's all the fun. There's the shopping, there's the presents, there's the wrapping of the presents, there's the food and the candy and the, the cookies and staying up late and the fun Christmas movies. There's so much fun stuff about Christmas and it's so easy to cover up the true meaning behind Christmas. But Colossians 3.1 says, since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So our challenge is Christmas is to set our hearts and set our minds on things above and not let all the presents and fun and everything of Christmas drown out what Jesus wants to do in your life this Christmas season. So I was on vacation uh, last couple weeks and I started rereading the Christmas story and I asked the Father to highlight some of the Christmas story this year that he really wanted to speak into my life. And uh, so as I begin that, began that process, he started highlighting a couple things to me, and I wanted to share a couple of them with you today. And the first one is about Mary and Elizabeth, and uh, Leanna Stevens is going to come up and help me read this scripture. So Leanna, come on up. You can stand right here. Awesome. All right, so we're reading from Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and was pondering what kind of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. But Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? The angel answered to her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For, the re- for that reason, also the holy child will be called the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth has, herself has conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called infertile is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Awesome. Thank you. Now, Liana's actually gonna stay up here and she's gonna be watching for the first prize to hand out. You can just have a seat right there. It's going to go to an adult that has a child near them, okay? Yeah, yeah, no grabbing other children, yes, yes. Yeah, but I love this passage about Mary and Elizabeth and how God used a teenager to carry out his plan. 
And it was a great reminder for me that we are raising sons and daughters to walk out the fullness that God has planned for them. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for them to do. Our kids, our teenagers are God's handiwork. And before they were born, God prepared things in advance for them to do. They have a calling and a mandate upon their life. So we are raising sons and daughters. We are raising the Marys and Josephs where God has placed a specific identity and calling upon their lives. And it's a privilege to walk alongside of them to help them fulfill their calling. It's a reminder to us that God sees fit to use his children to carry the kingdom. What a huge weight that was that Mary had carrying the salvation for all humankind, but he trusted a teenager. He trusts our kids, he has faith in our kids. So this Christmas, let's remember the plan that God has for our kids. I also love the part about Elizabeth in here. Luke 1, 36 to 37 says, what, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she's already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God, and I'd like to propose today, you know, we often divide up our generations into the boomers and the busters and the Z's and the G's and millennials and just all those. But I would like to propose that everyone alive on the earth today is a part of one generation that God is using to push his kingdom forward. And I want to encourage you that maybe you're in that Elizabeth season of life that God's not through with you, that he has great plans for you. He has breakthrough and dreams waiting to still unfold in your life, just like he did Elizabeth. So don't let your status or your season of life limit who you are, because God is all powerful. He works inside and outside of time to work all things together for his glory. So let the things that you do in your Elizabeth season of life be encouragement to the Marys and Josephs. You know, we've been talking, Murray's been talking brilliantly the last couple weeks about discipleship. And here it is again. Let's be discipling this, these younger Marys and Josephs that are carrying God's plan for his kingdom to come. Let's embrace this generation and lead this generation. So this Christmas season, let's remember the Marys and Josephs that God's given us to care for. And let's remember our role as Elizabeths to pour into this generation. All right, Liana, did you find? All right, there you go. You may deliver that as you find your seat. Some lucky parent is getting a nice gift card. All right, there we go, good job. All right, the last thing I wanted to touch on uh, that the Lord was really highlighting to me was suddenlies. And so Jude Sheely's gonna come on up. He has a verse he's gonna read for us. 
All right. Awesome. Are you ready? You want to open that up? So Jude is reading from Luke, um, starting with verse number eight. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly, <laughs> terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. Yeah, good job, Jude. Well done. Well done. All right, now it's your turn. If you want to just sit there on the steps and you're going to be looking for a kid to give the next prize to. All right. But God wanted to highlight the suddenlies uh, to me, and I believe it's a word for us also. Verse number nine says, and an angel of the Lord suddenly stood there. You know, here they were, they were shepherds. They were out in the field watching the sheep. Same thing, day after day. The sheep eat, the sheep get watered. You know, they move the sheep around. It was the same mundane kind of thing, just going on and on. But then an angel of the Lord appeared and spoke a word to them that changed the course of your life. And I really felt the Lord saying that this is a season of suddenlies, that this year's not over, this season's not over and that he has suddenlies that he is waiting to hand out to us. You know, right before this happened in the Bible, uh, before Jesus was born, it was known as the silent years. It was known as 400 years of silence. If you have a study Bible, the, the pages in between Malachi and Matthew usually have something about the silent years, the 400 years where none of the prophets had new words. Not much was happening in the church. It just all seemed dead. It was a really hard time to li live. It was under the rule of King Herod. King Herod was not a good ruler. He had many wives, but he had some of them killed. He had several sons, but they threatened him, so he had several of them killed. And it was just a really oppressed time to be living in. And it just kind of reminded me that we might feel like we're going through the silent years and that uh, we are living in a time of great hardship, just like those people were back then. But I believe suddenlies are coming and that God wants to just remind us of that, that a fullness of time moment is coming that will bring breakthrough to us. God was coming and he was coming in flesh. And even though they were living in that, they had no idea that just days, moments later, that Jesus, their savior, was going to be born. Galatians 4.4 says, but when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons and daughters. And after years of silence, the birth of Jesus, that fullness of time moment came. And today you might feel like you're living in the silent years, like 2020 has just been this incredible weight upon you. You might be struggling with finances. Maybe you've lost your job, maybe you thought you're gonna get a job, but because of 2020 it, it hasn't happened. But you know, God still has things there for you. And I wanna encourage yourself to keep positioning yourself for your suddenly, for your breakthrough. How do we do this? We can look back at Zachariah and Elizabeth. 
starting with uh, verse 8, chapter 1. Uh, Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. But when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Verse 11, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been answered. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you will call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth. See, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth were probably just over 60 years old and they had no children. The things that they had been dreaming and praying for in their hearts had not happened. But then Zechariah had his suddenly moment. And I think one of the keys about their life was that they continued to position themselves for suddenly. Verse number six says, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. They were faithfully serving. They were walking blamelessly before the Lord. They were positioned for a suddenly. They just kept serving. And it was a miracle that he was even there that day. He was about one of 24,000 different priests that served in the temple. About 1,000 served per month. And it was by lot that he was picked that day to go in and burn incense. The Jews say that one of the same priests never burned incense twice because there was such a multiple of them. But God knew how to position him for his suddenly. He was faithful, he just kept showing up. So let's not get bittered or bogged down with where we're going in 2020, but let's keep our dreams in front of us. Let's keep our prophetic words in front of us. Do you know what Zechariah means? It means God remembers. Do you know what Elizabeth means? It means oath of God. God remembered his oath. And he remembers you too. He knows your dreams. He knows your needs. He knows the provision you need. He knows the relationships you need. He knows the healing you need. And even though this might feel like the silent years, so heavy and so hard, God has not forgotten you. He has a suddenly out there waiting for you. He remembers you. I remember, I'll close with this. I remember uh, several years ago, I was living out in Northern California at that time, and I was just uh, in a season of learning how to hear the the voice of the Lord um, in new ways and different ways. And I remember, oh, before I do that, Jude, I'm sorry. You've done a great job sitting there reading your scripture. You want to hand that out to a child? Awesome. Awesome. He's on the hunt. He's on the hunt. Aww. Good job, Jude. Thank you, buddy. Excellent job. So one day God spoke to me and he said, I want to buy you a new necklace. 
It's clear, crystal clear to me. And I knew that it meant he wanted me to go out, he was gonna show me a necklace that he wanted to buy, to me to buy, and that he was gonna have a, a download, a prophetic download for me about that necklace. And uh, so I thought, wow, that's really cool, thanks God, that's awesome. But you know, at the time, my checkbook was really important to me. And so I thought about this, and it's like, okay, this is great, but you know, not this week, because there's not quite enough in the checkbook. And that kind of went on for a while, a couple months, I sad to say. But then one August day, God spoke to me in a very stern way, and he said to me, how much longer am I going to have to wait for you? Whoo, I got that message loud and clear. So I went out in the next couple days and started the shopping process. And I actually found this necklace, a crown with blue uh, sapphire stones in it. And God gave me a whole download about the meaning of this and just a prophetic revelation for my life uh, that was just so profound at that time and just reminded me of the goodness of God and such a blessing and just what a gift from the God to, to go out to find this necklace, something that I would never do on my own and give me this whole word about it. But you know, it wasn't the end of the story. There was still a suddenly waiting for me because part of my delay in not buying that necklace because it didn't make sense in my checkbook because it was getting towards the end of the summer and I wanted to buy my plane ticket home for Christmas. I wanted to buy it early. I wanted to be responsible about this, buy it early so that I could get a good price. So I was delaying, delaying, and delaying, but finally I was obedient, and my obedience had positioned me for another suddenly. Because I not only received that necklace, but 48 hours later, some Texas friends of mine that also moved to California walked into my office at church and put a check for $470 on my desk, the exact amount that my plane ticket cost for Christmas. And so I just want to remind you to keep yourself positioned for a suddenly. In the hardness of this COVID season, keep your heart right. Keep yourself positioned. Be ready for the angel to appear like he appeared suddenly to the shepherds and suddenly in, in the temple while Zechariah was burning incense. God has more for you. He has not forgotten you. He knows that you're a Mary and a Joseph, that you are carrying a call upon your life and that you play a part in what he's wanting to do. He knows what stage you're in, if you're in a Zachariah and Elizabeth stage, and he has plans for you. He has breakthrough coming for you. He has suddenlies for you today.